We are keeping you updated on quarterback situations around the NFL, giving you our best worst case scenarios for the AFC West. Listen, a lot of drama with Erica Jane, too, going out in Beverly Hills, and we had an amazing game of year two breakouts in the NFL. Fill up those wine classes. Do not miss this episode. everybody. Oh, hello there. Hello there. Real football fans of New Jersey. We've got a big 170 episode 170. The official 30 episode countdown is on to episode 200. Oh, I, got chills. <laughs> I got chills. I was like, I got sweaty and chills at the same time. Like I like, it was like a weird combination. I, I gotta, I gotta look at my phone after the show and count out 30 episodes from now. I do believe it lands us somewhere. I want to say in like March, maybe April. So when you say 30 episodes away, it doesn't sound that because you automatically, I think people just assume like a month from now, but we're well, only once a week. March, March and April, like it's crazy to think we haven't started football season yet. By the I time know. we get to episode 200, football will be over. So um, when you put it into that perspective, it's kind of crazy. But honestly, it does feel like time flies. It does feel like time goes fast. Yeah. So I also wouldn't be surprised if we blink and, and there we are at episode 200. Well, if you think about it, like numbers wise, we're 70 episodes out of our 100th episode right. celebration, which to me will always feel like it was yesterday. And probably a lot has to do with like it was right before like lockdown on everything. Like we really yeah. squeezed that in there, right? <laughs> We really we, did. We would have definitely celebrated big time with you guys virtually. And we know we do come to you guys virtually week after week. We would have done it big. Don't you worry. But yeah. we are so thankful that we were able to get it, get it in right away. We had no yeah. idea on the horizon but the good news is and i mean knock on wood hopefully i know some things are changing right now but by the time march april comes around to 2022 like let's really kick 200 episodes into high gear and really celebrate it and again if you guys have any suggestions for us we're always open to them so absolutely well, we got a great show for you tonight. Uh, lots and lots to talk about, but we're going to kick off the show with questions. These last couple of weeks, it's been amazing. We've had so many guests on the show. I was going to say, it's been so of, long since it's just right. been you and I, me and you. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Back to the dynamic duo, the two of us. And uh, so it's been a really hot minute since, you know, we've pulled you guys. We've asked for questions specifically for us, not for our guests. Um, and so we have three questions tonight that we got that we want to go over. And the first one is football related. It is Giants football related. Do you think Saquon Barkley, and, and this is actually like, don't forget people, regular season used to be 16 games. We got 17 games. 17. Now. We all got to keep that in mind. So do you think Saquon plays a full 17 game schedule? And if so, how many touchdowns do you think he will have? 
So I don't think he's going to play the full 17 games. I think it has come out like time after time over the past couple of weeks. You know, we're playing it safe. It's not, is it worth a longer span of him being out than for him to not play a game or two? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we definitely spoke about it. It was either, I think it might've been last week uh, with Jeff Pratt and or with Steph Smalls. We did definitely bring up uh, Saquon. So I don't, I think the range for me in my head is he'll probably sit anywhere from two to four games, but I'll feel strongly on two games. So I'm going to say he's going to play a 15 game season. Okay. And I think in 15, uh, 15 games, he can, you know, repeat rookie year with seven touchdowns. So I feel very comfortable with that, um, that scenario. So 15 games, 17 touchdowns. So, Seven I, touchdowns, I, not 17 touchdowns. It's one of those things after you say it and you're like, no. I I like agree with you, but in a different kind of way. Okay. So um, I, I could also see him not playing a full 17 games. I could see him playing around that 15 mark. But here's the thing. I don't think it's because the Giants are choosing to sit him or arrest him. This is no knock against Saquon. I think with 17 games this year, it's going to be really difficult to see any player, you know, be healthy for 17 regular season games. Um, We see it plenty now. I know we're going to do a game later. It's football related. And we're like looking at rookies from last year. And I was looking at how many of them played a full 16 game schedule. Not a lot of them. So, I'm not expecting many players to play full 17 games. I think Saquon misses them if he gets banged up a little bit, as many players could in that long of a stretch. Um, And I have him somewhere around, I want to say, nine touchdowns. Okay. I I listen. I love that. I hope it's not. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? Honestly, like, some people, and and I'd be okay, I'd be fine with that. But there are some people, fantasy football wise and New York Giants fans wise, that would be like, oh, that's not enough. You just have to be realistic, and it just, yeah, have to, you know what I mean. Like, and two, like when you're looking fantasy wise, like, and I even with Giants wise, if he can get us down the field, if he can get us those yards and really push us. And then, you know, listen, if he's the option for a touchdown as we get towards, you know, the red zone, great. If, you know, Daniel Jones can launch it, lob it to one of our 18,000 wide receivers, even better. So not even not even that, but we're also going to see like we're going to get in the red zone and you're going to see Daniel Jones try to run it in plenty this season. And I would love to see that a lot more as well. So I think, you know. While we don't know the success of the offense and not, you know, bright, terribly bright things are coming out of camp right now, on paper, the weapons are there. So there's going to be a lot of movement and there's going to be a lot of options, hopefully, as we move down the field. So you might see Saquon in that position where he's just getting us there and putting us in the right position. And I'll freaking take that. So Absolutely. All right, question number two. This is housewives related. Um, I think this is a good one because certainly there's so much going on with all of the different franchises. Some of them are struggling more than others. Um, Some have crazy storylines going on. If you could give Andy Cohen one piece of housewives advice right now, 
I maybe to better the show or do this, do that, get rid of this person, fix it this way, do that. What would it be? So I'm going to relate Bravo and the Housewives, all the franchises to a business. It is a business, but let's think of it as your a corporate job, corporate business. My advice to Andy Cohen is know your customer. The customer in this scenario is the audience, is the consumer watching Housewives week after week, every single franchise. Think of a large business. They have multiple things operating. They have this segment. They have this sector, things like that. They go after this type of person. That's how all the franchises are. New Jersey appeals to this crowd. Dallas like this crowd, everything like that. Andy Cohen needs to understand who his customer is. Right now, I think he's trying to appeal to the talent on the show. You can have all of these big names, all these people that you're paying whopping amounts of money to. But at the end of the day, if your customer isn't happy, you will not be successful. So that's what I'm saying to him, because we are clearly not happy with New York right now. Other franchises are making, like Orange County, are making drastic changes because the customer is not happy. So Andy, while I know you want to um, have all of these top tier women, like you think on the show and you want to pay them the big money and you think that you, you know, listen to them and you have to adhere to them and all that stuff. At the end of the day, it's really us that you have to, you know, make happy. And right now I don't think we're happy on many levels on many franchises. So that's my advice to him. I love that you answered that in a very business sense um, (laughs) because I am answering it in a very selfish person who watches housewives sense. So my well, you are a customer. So right, you go. but I'm like me, what do I like? What do I what want? Do I want? Um, my advice to Andy, and I don't know how much of it had to do with COVID for why New Jersey was like cut to basically half yeah. the season, but don't ever do that with Jersey again. And number two is get Jersey back as quickly as you possibly can. I think, I, and I think your wish will come true. I think it is coming back yeah. uh, very, very soon. Granted, I understand like some of the best Jersey um, time to film and some of the best episodes comes out of a Jersey Shore summer. Right. And so it's, you know, it just hit August. This is our first episode of August. And I know they're probably... If they haven't wrapped yet, they're probably still filming a little bit more. So I know we got to wait for the editing process and everything like that. But like, if you're going to possibly rumors are swirling that New York could be delayed until they start filming next season, then use everybody to really like hunker down and try to get pump this out as quickly as you can the, the next New Jersey season. True that. My advice. Do it. And last but not least, uh, we did, I love this covers all aspects. We had a football question. We had a housewives question. And now we have a booze question. A booze question. So um, is it too early to bring back pumpkin beer? This is always like a hot, controversial topic. It is. Caitlin, what do you think? I love it. And it's always a hot, controversial topic because we're entering, we have the Hall of Fame game tomorrow night. We're entering football season. It is here. So I always, I feel like in the past, like a preseason game, like I've always brought a pumpkin beer too. It's August. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. So for me, no. And it's so funny, like this question, because I was targeted in an ad the other day. Um, My boyfriend and I went to the, the shipyard 
brewery in Maine when we went there for the 4th of July weekend. And I was being a little pain in the butt because we went to the brewery and they had all of their um, beers like on tap and everything except for Pumpkinhead. And I understand it's the summer, but that's like their famous beer. Like that is literally their, like that is what they are known for, at least near us. So their other beers were great, but I was so mad about it. So they actually, it's out now. So I got targeted in an ad and I think they were listening to me because I was bitching (laughs) about it. The whole, the five hour car ride home, I was bitching about that shipyard didn't have pumpkin head. Um, But yeah, so it's out now. And then I got targeted in another ad that Southern Tier is out with pumpkin already. So you know the Wegmans by us is hopping with oh, yeah. the beer section. So now that I know this and now that we got this question, no, it's not too early to bring back pu- pumpkin beer. I'll drink pumpkin yeah. beer every day. Does it put me in yeah. a better mood when it's a nice fall, crisp, you know, afternoon or night? Hell yeah. But I'll go drink it now. Happily, yeah. I'll drink it now. I mean, listen. It's not too early. Kayla and I love pumpkin beer. If I, I saw it. it in the middle of spring I, in a store, I would drink it. Hot, um, a hot summer day, I'll drink it. Yeah, like honestly, it. we love it. So no, it's not too early for us. And just like a side note, like I'm, I'm laughing to myself as we answer this. Over the weekend, I, I went to um, to get a massage, and I went to a, a place that I had never been to before. And I'm sitting in the in the lobby, and I'm waiting, and. They had, I, sh- I shit you not, they had all Christmas decorations up. You know what? Now, I, I don't know if, like... <laughs> they never took them down. From, like, from COVID, where they... Ne- but, like, honestly, like, I looked, and I started cracking up, and I was like, I'm not even mad. I love Christmas. Whatever. Anything goes. Don't care. Whatever. Well, so many places, like, the Christmas tree shop and, like, uh, the Dollar Tree are, like, putting out, like like fall thanksgiving oh i've definitely seen fall stuff out yeah. already christmas but is sitting down and looking at all christmas decorations i was like cracking up that and that's the thing it cracks me up like and i love like everyone on the show should know like september to like december like my favorite months because yeah. i love the fall i love halloween i love thanksgiving i love christmas like that is my i thrive when we both have our birthdays in the fall so like i thrive from september to december like i really really do like those are my times and decorations like that really make me happy but right me now too. like I would never, you know, hang up a decoration right now to make me happy. It has to be during the time. <laughs> like it has to be. Yeah. Like pumpkin beer. Pumpkin beer can have it anytime. I'm, I'm ready. I'm totally ready. And I think you made a valid point with Hall of Fame game being tomorrow. Like it's football. We need pumpkin beers. As soon as there is a football on national television, yeah. give me the pumpkin beers. Absolutely. 100%. Alrighty. Well, those are some great questions. Obviously, if you are watching live, go ahead and ask us questions throughout the show on Facebook, YouTube, and the Twitter. We are live right now. If you're listening to this on the podcast, sorry, you can't ask us questions live, but you can always ask us questions and tweet at us, slide into the DMs on the gram. Let us know. We will answer them at any time. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and get into our NFL uh, quick hot topics of the week. So this one was a <laughs> kind of a laugher for me and Katie. Sorry if you're a Colts fan and or just in general a Carson Wentz fan, but you gotta, it's kind of one of those ones you just do a little laugh at and move on with your day. 
But on Monday, it was announced that new Indianapolis Colts quarterback Carson Wentz is undergoing surgery to repair a broken bone in his foot. Mm-hmm. They gave us a time frame for recovery of 5 to 12 weeks. Can we just address that that is the most wild freaking time frame ever? Yeah. 5 to 12 weeks. You might as well just say, we don't know when he's coming back. Yeah. That, that That's awesome is just right there like not only does like it suck like haha like wow like of course Carson Wentz is hurt again that was one of the things that stood out to me the most when this was announced five to twelve weeks like that time frame like so is it the beginning of the season or as we might have a chance at the playoffs it doesn't is he coming back it doesn't help his team any because they don't know like how seriously they have to move on but do we wait for Carson or do like we need to address this and, and get somebody in that's like legit to basically cover us for the season? And if you're week 12 and you're a team like the Indianapolis Colts that Katie and I have spoken very highly of this season or this year of the Real Football Fans in New Jersey, week 12 could have been super important to them with a quarterback yeah. that they have. I'm not saying Carson Wentz is good, but a steady quarterback makes a team better. A- right a quarterback coming in week over week. So now week 12, he's better. Why would you? Yeah. So it, I honestly, I hate the time frame. makes yeah. no freaking sense. I don't know what doctor prescribed that time frame because it's not a good one. And as a fan, if I was, if I would not accept it at all. Right. Um, so yeah. So listen, so he's obviously not playing right now. So we have a 2024th round draft pick with, Jacob Eason. So he's taking a lot of reps right now in his back. Um, a lot of rumors, though, going around with his replacements. Yeah. We actually, oh, and I totally forgot. I actually did a, we did a, a Twitter poll on this. Um, so I want to get our, our results up. I, I, tell did, you, I sorry. did see the Twitter poll. So as you're pulling that up, I just oh, did want to, I do want to mention another name that's def- is getting thrown into the mix a lot as of like, I guess the last 24 hours that we didn't include. And that is Drew Locke. So do not forget that Denver has brought in Teddy Bridgewater. Now, that doesn't mean that Teddy's been like 100% named the starter. I think people are favoring him, though. So people are favoring him. Good, they should. Um, and so Drew Locke, it start, that, that makes sense to me. I could see that. Yeah. So his name being thrown into the mix makes a lot of sense, as well as the other guys that, that we listed on Twitter. Yeah, so um, on the Twitter, I la- I threw, threw Blake Bortles in there because I laughed a little bit. Garner Minshew, Nick Foles, and then I put other. We did get one response for um, other, and I'm not – oh, here it is. Um, so Spencer Radler, he's obviously in college. Still a Rattler, I can't pronounce it. Sorry if I can't. He's still in college. It's not – it's too soon. <laughs> They're not going after a college kid, and if they do, I don't know how that's legal or if anything's going as much as like you and I, like I, we were like really gung ho on Drew Locke going into yeah. last season, and obviously he had the injury bug last year, um, so we really haven't gotten to see much of him as a starter. Yeah. Which is why, like I guess people, and even I can say for the Colts, I would favor Gardner Minshew. Of course, like Trevor Lawrence is the quarterback now. Like that's yeah. not gonna change. Trevor it's Lawrence not. would probably have a really horrible training camp, and they would still be like, they well, it's Trevor Lawrence. We're going yeah. with Trevor Lawrence. 
Absolutely. So 53% of people said Gardner yeah. Minshew, 40% Nick Foles, and then 7% actually went with other, but only one person mm-hmm. replied to us with an actual other option there. Um, and then, on the, you know, another person too, which actually popped up today for me was the first time I was hearing it. And I'm surprised I wasn't thinking it because I love him clearly. It's Marcus Mariota. I wasn't even thinking yeah. about him. I wasn't yeah. even thinking yeah. about him. And I'm like, duh, Caitlin, like you want him to be a starter yeah. somewhere. But Gardner- um, so much sense. He has he has yeah. so much um experience now starting. Like yep. he's he started way more games than than Drew Locke. Um obviously maybe not as many as Marcus Mariota, but but it's also been a really hot minute since Marcus Mariota was a starter. Right. Whereas Gardner like was more frequent, that was more frequent and more consistent. And so I feel as though like Listen, you kind of just got to go in there and be a game manager because you're going to be surrounded by a really strong team. Right. Okay. And, you know, I think Gardner could be capable of doing that. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And he's one of the guys, too, that you do want to see you know, get his opportunity. We've seen him start before. We've seen yeah. what's behind it. You know, we were all behind Minshew Mania, of course. So yeah. we'd love to see that come to light again. I would find it absolutely hilarious and so ironic if Nick Foles comes to Indianapolis and he does big things with them. I will just laugh my ass off because that would just be be funny. He's obviously already out there saying, listen, like if people are going to talk about trading me, I'd like to have a say in the conversation as he should. I feel like right now people just threw his name out there and he was like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. So um, I'd like to see that. And then also too, like right away, like right after this, so really unfortunate lineman Quentin Nelson, he's not on definitely as well. And again, it is a foot injury and I've seen people very much so compare it to very similar to what Carson Wentz is going through and what Carson Wentz is dealing with is an injury from back in his high school days where a bone in his foot just didn't properly heal or it was kind of broken this whole time and now how like what like I don't understand we were literally on the show last week having to name our MVPs for each AFC we and I said Quentin Nelson so did I Uh, so that's like us picking alignment means that this like this is not just I, I would be more upset about this injury than I would be Carson Wentz and call that crazy because Quarterback is the most important position on the field. But Quentin Nelson is a huge, huge, huge loss for that team. Hey, well, listen, it's it's like we spoke about, you know, last week, though, too, or the week before that, you know, you kind of have to wait and see how your picks span out over the years. I made a comment last week that I wanted Quentin Nelson, and now Saquon and Will Hernandez don't look that bad. So I'm I'm okay if this is the, the state right now. So Saquon's also been injured though. So well, he's yeah. okay this year. We're good. So <laughs> all right. So this is a good one. Makes us happy, obviously, you know, in both uh both areas for sure. Um, so on Saturday it was announced that Cleveland running uh running back Nick Chubb came to an agreement with a three-year deal, $36.6 million uh contact extension with 20 million fully guaranteed. You'll love to see it. Great player. Pay him. Pay the running back for sure. 
And then also, too, on the defensive side of things, um, Justin Houston signed a one-year deal with Baltimore worth up to $4 million. Last season, he did record eight sacks and two safeties with the Colts. So, obviously, you know, money's there, numbers are there. So, yeah, so two, two good deals in the works right there. Listen, Justin Houston getting up there in age. And honestly, like, I had to check what his stats were last season. And when I saw that he had eight sacks, I was like, all right, the guy still got it. So I think this is a good signing for Baltimore. I agree. Like yep. this, you're getting a veteran player. And not only is he a veteran, but he's still producing. So right. by all means, I like I like that signing. Absolutely. All righty. And then this is always a fun game out in New England. Uh, on Saturday, New England head coach Bill Belichick was asked at training camp about a potential time frame for naming a starting QB. Belichick announced that Cam Newton will be their starting quarterback despite possible competition for uh, with first round pick Mac Jones. Listen, I don't know. Um, I heard a very um, hot take, I guess, on the radio this morning coming back from Orange Theory. Um, and it was basically that all um, rookie quarterbacks, you know, from this past draft should be starting week one. And mm-hmm. It went into, you know, the Belichick's, you know, it went into, you know, going, you know, you know, going out to San Francisco with the 49ers and, you know, kind of these coaches saying that who they have right now with, you know, Cam Newton, Garoppolo, that, yeah, they're going to start. Yeah, we got our guy. Like, don't worry. is just not addressing the inevitable that their rookie quarterback will play at some point this season. So why wait until X amount of games start them now? So that was a very hot take. And I honestly, if you sit down, you look at all the quarterbacks, uh, the rookies. Yes. I believe that all of them can start. I wasn't big on Trey Lance coming into, Oh, and Andy Dalton. I forgot to in Chicago. Um, It was, that was brought into the mix as well of why are you, you know, with Justin Fields. So I, I wasn't set on Trey Lance going into the draft. It was kind of, you know, to me, I, I joke about it on the shows. Like, I feel like they made this kid up. I've, I, no one knows him. What is this? Um, it was like kind of a rumor that turned into a, a kid getting drafted in the first round. And you see everything that the Niners gave up to get him. So it was really a, a big move on their end. And then I wasn't sold on Justin Fields because I'm never sold on an Ohio State quarterback. And <laughs> it's not a good, you might be good in college, but listen, the track record ain't good. I've, I've never been set on an Alabama quarterback. So it's like, we're going to wait and I I'm, <laughs> well, I'm going to wait and see with Mac Jones. So I think that if you really look down to it and you look at who they're competing against, yes, I do agree that all of them can start week one, but I am in agreement that I think that. It's going to be, you know, the guy, it's going to be Dalton. It's going to be Garoppolo. It's going to be Cam Newton week one for a lot, you know, for these teams. But I agree. It's going to be the animal. So I don't know. I, I don't. Can they all start? Yes. Should they start? All start? No. I'm definitely more of a fan. Like, I get that person saying, like, if you're just going to put them in eventually, why wait? Well, there's yeah. totally a reason for waiting. Let them learn the right. playbook more. You're just giving right. them weeks to prepare to actually see real game situations in front of their face and how that other quarterback is handling it what they should do what they shouldn't do um listen zach wilson there's nobody else 
like in that quarterback room competing for the Jets. He's starting week one. Trevor Lawrence is starting week one. Trey Lance, there's no need to start him right away. You've got Jimmy G. He's capable. Um, Andy Dolan is capable, but I I think they I think I could see Justin Fields starting. Yeah. And then Mac Jones, um, as much as we don't like Cam Newton, he's been a starter in the league for a very long time. At one point in time, he was the MVP of the league. Yeah. Is he capable? Yes. So um yeah, that's a very hot take that I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, and I guess I'm definitely up in the air with it because I, I, I can make the argument for both sides. Um, I think that's while maybe it is a hot take, it actually, if you can argue both sides, like, well, I know it you can argue. You think, it makes you think about each specific right. scenario. That's why I definitely like liked it. So like when I heard it, it was kind of like, whoa. And then you like sit down and really like think about it. Um, yes. I, I definitely liked it for sure. So I don't, I just don't necessarily tying it back to like just the statement of Bill Belichick. I, I really don't agree with him making that statement. Right it's now. also, well, you know what? It's also so early, right? That's to say this, but he might've said it like, no, this is a hundred percent. That way they don't pester him and ask him day after day after day after day. He could still change his mind and make it. I think they're going to, I don't but know. I feel in like order to shut everybody fresh. up, he could honestly like, yeah. Be like, okay, right now, today it's Cam, and I'm going to tell everybody it's definitely going to be Cam, but we'll see what happens. Right. And if Mac is going to be the guy, then I'll switch my mind, and who cares? Like, I'm But maybe he's doing it so they don't yeah. test him every day. That's true. Yeah. Good point. I, that, I think that would be a good game plan, because otherwise he would be asked about it every single day. Well, and that's what happened in Alabama with Nick Saban with Tua and Jalen. To the point where I'm not going to answer this. I'm not going to talk about it. So he just. And that's what happened. He blew up at the reporter, and that was a whole shebang. (laughs) Still one of my favorite video clips of all time. (laughs) Well, let's, um, let's move into our team by team best worst case scenario records. Tonight we are discussing the AFC West. We have two divisions left. This is our second to last one, our last AFC division that we are covering. It is a good one. We've got the Denver Broncos, the Kansas City Chiefs, Los Angeles Chargers, and Las Vegas Raiders. Um, And I think we are kicking it off, yes, alphabetically. We are kicking it off with the Denver Broncos um, I think like we said before, I'm expecting Teddy Bridgewater to be the quarterback. I think you are as well. So kind of went that route. Best worst case scenario for this Denver team. What do you have? Yeah. So they're definitely not far off from each other. My best and worst case scenario for okay. them. Cause I do see them, you know, either in both spots or, you know, maybe somewhere in a happy middle if that's possible. So the best case scenario I have for them is six and 11 and worst case scenario is five and 12. Okay. Okay. Um, best case scenario. I have them at eight and nine. I, I at oh, least we both agree that, that best case scenario, they're under 500. Yes. Um, and worst case scenario, I have them at six and 11. So I'm right there alongside me, right. close with worst case scenario. 
They just um, have a lot. Like I, as much as like I love Teddy Bridgewater and I have faith in you know Jerry Judy coming into his sophomore year, I just still think there's a lot that they. There's need a lot of to. missing pieces. There really is, and I think people think of like the Denver Broncos, and maybe that doesn't come to mind right away for them that they are rebuilding and there's a lot going on, and that, that's that is the truth. Like there is yeah. so much, so I just can't really give. Um, and I know eight and nine, you know, doesn't, you know, we're used to eight and eight being a 500 record, you know, it's not that it's not that anymore. I just don't think I can jump to even right under 500 for them. Like right now, I just need to see a lot more. Listen, we've covered so many, uh, the majority of the divisions now, and we've seen, we've seen a lot worse teams than the Denver Broncos, but I think we could probably agree that this is the weak link of the division. If you were going to say who you think is the weakest, I, I'm at least going with Denver. Yes, um, I had to. I had to fact check myself. I had to look at the re- what I put down. I the rest them, of them. Yeah. Did um, I? Did I put someone worse than them? So, so yes. So I have a goal for this team before things get really shaky. Uh, they have a really what I think, even though they're actually starting the season with back-to-back road games. Mm. But which, yeah, it it does suck. It does suck. But I think uh, they really need to try to win their first three games because they're winnable before it gets really rough for their next four games. So they start the season at the Giants, at Jacksonville, home against the Jets. Okay. They need to look at those like, we got to win those because then their next four games, Baltimore, at the Steelers. A division game against the Raiders and then at Cleveland. That's not, well, not easy. You might, even if you start 3 0, you're nose diving pretty quickly. You're potentially going to, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough. And, and like I said, if, if I have them as the weakest link in this, in this division, it means like how many division games are they going to win? Like, right. There's some good teams here. So, right. All right. Speaking of good teams, of course, um, I'm sure this is one that we are one of the teams we're most high on as the world is the Kansas City Chiefs, AFC champions, uh, champions from one year ago. Who are what do you have? Best worst case scenario. So best case scenario, I'm going to keep them relatively into last season, but I'm actually going to give them one more loss. Um, Just, you know, I think it's one more game really good team. You have a slip up here and there. So I'm going 14 and three is their best case scenario. And then worst case scenario, I don't drop too, too far, but giving them a 12 and five record for the worst case scenario. Okay. We have matching best case scenario, 14 and three. And I do have worst case scenario, even though I really, I don't think this, I think they're going to be closer to best case. I have worst case scenario at 10 and seven. I thought about it. I did like definitely yeah. for sure, but yeah, I just the note that I have on this team now that we are almost fully done with all of the divisions, right? Mm-hmm. This is one of the toughest schedules I've seen. Yeah. Now you would say, well, duh, like they were in the Super Bowl last year. Well, That's, we just recently did it. the Buccaneers, and I said that I thought the Buccaneers had an easy schedule. And the Giants the have been known over the past five seasons to have the hardest schedules, and we. We didn't make it to any Super Bowl, right? Yeah. <laughs> so NFC well, Championship. So they have one of the toughest schedules I've seen. Um, and just to rattle off some of their tough games this season, they've got Cleveland at Baltimore, Buffalo at Tennessee, Green Bay, and mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
That's really hard. So the goal for this team, it's like the best of the goals, best teams on your schedule. Go 6-0 in the, in the division because you, you have can. to. And I know that we are both high on the Chargers, but I think we can agree that it's not impossible for Kansas City to go 6-0 and in this division. Mm-hmm. At the very least, it's got to be five, and it should be five. Yep. Five to six wins. So, Got to do it. Speaking of that team that we are high on uh, going into this season with a sophomore quarterback that we're also very keen about, uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, best worst-case scenario. So best-case scenario, I'm going to go with 10 and 7. And my worst-case scenario, I'm going to go with 8 and 9. I went a little bit higher than you. Best-case scenario, I went 12 and 5. Worst-case scenario, I went 9 and 8. Um, again, this is our dark horse team. I, I would say going into this season and something to just note on their schedule, they're playing division rivals in three of their final four games. So that's always, anytime you see that that's on anybody's schedule, yeah. it's, it's very, very important and it can factor in big time. So, especially if you're trying to make the playoffs, which I believe the Chargers will be pushing for the playoffs. So I think for me with the Chargers, and the reason why I'm a little bit lower than you is, and I think, you know, a 10 and seven record for them would be great uh, this season. If that, it should be a playoff playoff record. And that's what I'm thinking. I think they're finally turning, you know, a corner where the Chargers will make the playoffs and actually do damage in the playoffs. So years past, nothing against Phillip Rivers, but he's just never been able to take them to that next level. It's like, they're a good team. People kind of forget about you, though, because you don't do right. anything postseason. I think right. now under Justin Herbert and other changes that they've made within the organization that they truly can move to the next level. And we're going to see it in very maybe this season, maybe the next one, but we're going to see it very, very soon. So while I do have them on the lower end compared to you, um, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it now we might see in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. And then we are rounding out this division with the Las Vegas Raiders. I have to say, I think they are the hardest one in this division to pick. They're so questionable. Like, do you are like it's like, are they pretenders or are they for real? Like I don't know. This is a very, very tough team to pick. We've also seen, you know, great things from Derek Carr, and then we've also seen head scratching play from Derek Carr. So What do you have? I'm very intrigued. I know this was the hardest one for me. Best worst case scenario for the Raiders. What do you got? Best case scenario, I'm going to go with eight and nine. And worst case scenario, six and 11. We are so very, very close. (laughs) Um, Best case scenario, I have them at nine and eight, one game above 500. And worst case scenario, I I matched you with a six and 11 Mm -hmm. record. Yeah. Um, Brutal brutal first four games for this Raiders team. They could potentially start 0-4 to start the season. Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, Miami, at the Chargers. That's tough. It's really going to show right out the gate what this team is made of. Yeah, and it's not not easy to bounce back from 0-4, too. So we could definitely be looking, uh, you know, on the – the worst case scenario spectrum for the two of us. I will say I do believe that Derek Carr is a really good leader. So I think like if your team is going to start 0-4, having somebody like that at quarterback is really going to like rally the troops and, and get them to buy in yeah. and believe. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's not easy for any team in the National Football League to start off that way and and turn things around. So yeah. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and get into our quick. Uh, well, we do that today. We our stories of the week for housewives, and that's what they are. They're quick. They're hot, and these are our topics for it. So. Let's get into it. A new report claims that Real Housewives of, excuse me, bleh, the Real Housewives of New York. I don't know why I cannot speak or say that phrase. Roni, baby, Roni. Roni, I know, I know. Um, it pushed back uh, season 13 reunion. Um, so apparently it's it's even, even further. Push it back even more. It's going back. Um, as they're trying to fix the franchise, and we know it needs a freaking facelift. I watched it. I did catch up last night. It definitely... Definitely needs one. Um, so the the ratings have declined each week. Um, and there's, you know, a talk of a very long hiatus before a season 14, um, which was supposed to begin at the start of 2022 and now has been scrapped. So we have yeah. no idea what's going on. Again, like I said, I, I caught up last night. I mean, I would say last night's episode was probably one of the better ones out of the whole season. I think the thing that bothers me the most is that New York, is always, you know, teed up with the end of summer, Halloween, Christmas. Yeah. They've got like everything. They really are handed yeah. everything, all the good holidays, you know, they're, uh, and I understand COVID and everything, but these ladies are doing things. Like they're literally out there. They are participating in activities. They are having parties. They're going on trips, things like that. And it just really isn't missing the mark. Like they went to Salem, Massachusetts, like literally like the if Halloween window was there, <laughs> the Halloween capital of the world. Like yeah. the place that's on my bucket list. Like I want to go there and get all cool with the witches and the warlocks. Like, you know, I want to go to Salem and they blew it. They absolutely blew it. I literally to a point where like I was texting my boyfriend that I had to catch up on the Salem episodes. And he was like dumbfounded that I was not happy about a, a, a housewife's cast going to Salem, Massachusetts. He was like, isn't that like your prime? And I was like, you think, you'd think, you'd think it would be. So um, yeah. so I would say last night's episode, it was a holiday themed one. It's not Christmas time yet. I think they're getting close to it. It was probably one of the better ones this season, but I got to tell you, it's still, I was still on my phone pretty much looking through Instagram and Twitter the whole time. So I have a mid show question that mm -hmm. came into my head for you to answer on the spot um with this long hiatus that they're going to have before season 14 where they're going to try to fix the franchise on a scale of zero to a hundred percent what is the percent chance that you see and it could only just be it could just be one of them either bethany dorinda or tinsley come back to the franchise 100 percent 100 percent Hundred percent, and I think it's going to be Tinsley and Dorinda are coming back. Wow. So Bethany's not. I don't see. She's not, not I agree. I don't think it's going to be Bethany. She might like be back. on an episode. She could be like Jill Zarin, where she just pops up. It would be like one episode. Yeah, it would be very episode. much like they're doing. I don't know something that they're all there, but like I could see her coming back on one. I a hundred percent, and I Dorinda and Tinsley are both okay. coming back. Okay. I, I hope you're right. I hope you are right. We need some of those ladies in our lives. Yes. Yes, <laughs> we do. 
All right, moving on. So and on uh, Andy Cohen's Sirius XM show, he set the record straight on Erica James' um, future in The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. He did respond to many tweets saying that they should fire Erica. He said the show is wrapped and you obviously cannot remove her from the show right, right. now. Um, and that, you know, he does not think the legal issues are going to affect her future on the show. You know, a lot of it does stem like with her, I guess they're set. They still is her husband, but they're, they're separated right now. Right. Um, and then as far as the reunion uh, talks go, um, episodes are going to continue to air until September. There's at least 10 more episodes. We still have a lot. Erica has addressed um, the controversy. Um, so that already has aired, I believe two episodes. It is spoken about. Um, I think, you know, a couple of the, the drama loms is people, you know, calling her, a liar and like you know she's not really upset when she talks about it like what's going on and i do believe um whether it's this upcoming episode she does have a major conflict and confrontation with one of the women in regards to um the conflict or what's going on in her personal life so yeah. that'll probably make breaking news so and, and andy talked on his radio show as well during this segment um and talked about how he founds, finds the storyline fascinating with what's going on with Erica. And he says that epi he, he feels it's like almost like a mystery where like episode yeah. by episode, a little bit more comes out, a little bit more comes out. And it just like unveils itself like as the season goes on. So he thought that it was like, you know, made for good TV and it was yeah. like really interesting to watch, so. So we'll definitely see more about that. Um, yeah. And then finally, I am not happy about this, to be honest. So we do have a reported premiere date for The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. I'm happy about the premiere and that it coming back. Don't get me wrong. But the rumor is that it's going to be on Sundays. So it's going to come come out on Sunday at not, uh, uh, September 12th. Um, so that is, I think that's opening. It that is, is the it is op day. Yeah, it's opening day. Yeah. So Sunday night. So no, honestly, as much as I hate Sunday night football, I'm not going to miss that. Oh. Right. Right. Oh, so whatever. So it's going to have to be um, a season that we catch on demand, like the next day every, on Mondays that it is what it is. Oh, you're killing me. Bravo. Well, Again, Andy, listen to your audience. Your yeah, audience like, is watching football. Um, obviously like we're, we were huge on Salt Lake city in their rookie, um, yeah. season of the franchise, really looking forward to season two. Obviously we know the big storyline with Jen Shaw. Um, so yeah, this is definitely disappointing. They're moving them to Sunday nights, which was previously a spot held by real housewives of Atlanta. I feel as though Bravo looks at Sunday night as like a coveted spot and that they, they do, want to I think on Sundays as spot, well. Like, yeah. Sunday night is football night, baby. So sorry. Yeah, you can't you can't do Don't that, do that to us. So Andy, come on. You Killing know balls. Killing two of your biggest fans are football fans too. You can't be stupid kiss, like that. Kiss. Um, okay, so those are our Housewives Quick Hot Topics of the Week. We are going to move into our game tonight. It is a football game. And kind of goes off a little bit interesting, like just a tiny bit off of what we were talking about with Jeff last week. Um, we had a question for him about fantasy football as far as like who did he think was going to be the biggest kind of breakout, I guess, um, going into their sophomore season for fantasy football. 
Well, we are playing a game called Year Two Breakouts, and on and we're, the reason we're doing so is because on NFL.com, six running backs and seven wide receivers, sophomore players, Year Two players, uh, were listed as Year Two Breakouts for the 2021 season. So we're going to take a look at both lists. You know, we'll give you what the list from NFL.com was, and then Caitlin and I are going to rank them in order of who we think. We'll have the biggest and best season for 2021. We're also going to give one running back and one wide receiver each that was not on the list that we think should be added. So let's get right into it. Um, we're going to do our running back list from NFL.com first in the order that they had it written in the article. Um, we have Green Bay's A.J. Dillon, Baltimore's J.K. Dobbins, Kansas City's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Washington's Antonio Gibson, Detroit's DeAndre Swift, and the Colts' Jonathan Taylor. Unfortunately, if you're thinking about who's missing on this list, Cam Akers, we know. And uh, that's, again, such an uh, unfortunate injury, and we wish him a speedy recovery. But we have six running backs to look at here. I think we should go six down to one. I want to know who is, who's your who's your last guy on this list? Who do you have at the number six slot? I mean, to me, I just feel like it's a no-brainer, I guess, stat-wise and team-wise, in my opinion. So I am going with Detroit's DeAndre Swift at number six. Okay. I actually went with Green Bay's A.J. Dillon because unlike a lot of the other guys on the list who are like going to be clear-cut running back number one, A.J. Dillon is the clear-cut running back number two in Green yep. Bay behind Aaron Jones. So, of course, he will have to not only share snaps, but he's not getting the majority of those snaps, Aaron Jones mm -hmm. is. So, for that reason alone, he is number six on my list. Number five, who do you got? That is where A.J. Dillon falls into my spot okay. here. So, that is where he sits at number five. Well, we did a little switcheroo. Number five, switcheroo. I have Detroit's DeAndre Swift. Um, I I put I'm concerned for anyone playing on that offense. I just I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what to tell you guys, but we're concerned. He, so. he does have to he does have to share snaps as well with the free agency addition of Jamal Williams to this team. Um, but interesting little fun fact about DeAndre Swift and the other five players on this list. He did have the most receiving yards out of any of these players. So whenever you can have a running back who can do both, um, you know, like, yeah. you know, Alvin Kamara, you got an Alvin Kamara right. on your hands. Now I'm not saying he's Alvin Kamara, but anytime no. a guy can do both is huge. And, and for that, I had to keep him out of the six, six slot. So number four, who do you, who do you got on your list? I'm going to go with Baltimore's J.K. Dobbins at number four. I agreed with you as well. I also have J.K. Dobbins. Um, Mark Ingram is gone. Yep. So that means more for Dobbins. He is the man in Baltimore. Uh, and this is also Baltimore offense that is ranked first in rushing the last two NFL seasons. Of course, that's helped out by the play of quarterback Lamar Jackson. Um I think Lamar Jackson finished top 10 in rushing yards in the league last year, and he plays the quarterback position. So, but this is a kind of a run first football team. And with, like I said, with Ingram gone, Dobbins is the guy, like this is going to be a big year for him. 
Number three, who do you got? I have Washington's Antonio Gibson. Okay, all right. I went with Kansas City's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, I want to say that, like, my top three players, I'm really big on. I really believe that they're, like, good clear head for these sophomore running backs. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I thought, like, immediately when he was drafted, I was like, this kid's going to be a stud. Right. Um, he had 803 yards last season and nearly 300 receiving yards plus five touchdowns. I think he's going to have even bigger numbers in year two in Kansas City's offense. And, you know, for them, Le'Veon Bell is gone. Not saying Le'Veon Bell wasn't running back one, right. but that's one less guy in the running back room that you're really competing with. Uh, I think it's going to be even bigger and better for him in year two. All right, number two. Is this where you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? No. <laughs> um, so I actually am going with Indianapolis Colts, Jonathan Taylor. Unfortunately, I do think that despite everything that happened with Carson Wentz, he would probably be my number one. And I do, you know, understand right now, maybe you don't, you know, you were questionable at the QB position. So you're just going to run it. So people might make that argument to me, but you still need a good quarterback and people surrounding you right. to may have a good run play. You right. can't just toss anyone in there to hand off the ball to someone and make it work. So as talented as he is, I did strike him back to number two and I originally would have had him at number one. And obviously the news with Quentin Nelson too is major. It's a huge hit to the line because without a good line, they're not just protecting your quarterback. They're protecting your running backs as well. So um, I had to push him back to number two, but such an important, Impressive rookie season. I know he's going to put up the same number. I think, uh, what do you have, like over a 1,000 uh, rushing yards. I'm blanking on the, the touchdowns here, but he really, really did well last year. So kudos to him. And, you know, this yeah. two, the two spot for me really shouldn't throw you down, so don't worry. No, again, like I said, like the top three on this list, I'm really high on these guys. At two, I have Washington's Antonio, Antonio Gibson. Um, he had almost 800 y rushing yards in 14 games last year, 11 touchdowns, found the end zone a lot. He was also very effective in the passing game as well. You know, unfortunately, we don't like to see strong players on this list coming out of our division. But you got to give credit where credit is due, and he's a great young player for sure. Absolutely. All right. So now that we know who each other's number ones are, give it away. So I am going with uh, Kansas City's Clyde uh, Edwards-Hilaire. As much as you were, when they picked it, I'm very high on it. Loved, loved it. Uh, really expected a lot. You know, I think, you know, Kansas City definitely took some some turns last season. And we brought it up on the show. Like, some games they shouldn't have lost. Some plays they shouldn't have done. A little, as a, for a great of a team they were, there were definitely some question marks. And I think some of the question marks came with his play and actually, to how they used him. I do think they can advance on his play a little bit more. I also, too, when I think about these guys and what my argument just was, for Jonathan Taylor was his surroundings, who is surrounding him. When it comes to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 
look at his surroundings. He's got so much. He truly has everything. And I think that, you know, going into a season where now he is with that team, he is comfortable. He understands what's going on. You know, I'm sure him and Patrick Mahomes have gotten closer. He's gotten closer with the line. He's gotten closer with the other running backs, the wide receivers, everything like that. I truly think that will help him stand out. So I truly, at the end of the day, when I had to make my final decision, I looked at his environment and his surroundings and that put him in the number one spot for me. All right. Very nice. Very nice. I have Indy's Jonathan Taylor, and I think you made valid points. Of course, Quentin Nelson is going to be missed in the run game. And yes, you're right. It like, you know, even if a quarterback is handing a ball off, it's important who that quarterback is. But I did right. Wentz is out. Run, run, run. And this is a guy who, as a rookie, finished third last year in rush yards per game. Um, he had 12 touchdowns to add with it, which yeah. is the most of anybody on this list. Very he was impressive. phenomenal. And honestly, this is a guy I think I, I'm going to be high on and other people should be as well. Uh, in fantasy football, I'm, I'm definitely a believer in Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to be a phenomenal player in this league. This is where, you know, things get interesting because now we're going to give kind of our honorable mention guy that was not on the list. This could be anybody. Who do you have? So I'm going to go over to uh, going to go to New York. We're going to go to Buffalo and we're going to um, Zach Moss running back out of Ooh, Buffalo. Okay. He is my honorable mention here. All right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I went with Jacksonville's James Robinson. Okay. Yes, Jacksonville drafted Travis Etienne Jr., however you say his name. That's a name I trip up on. Um, and he, Welcome to the club. He is slated to be running back number one. But I also feel like let's not just throw Robinson to the side. Yeah. He was the only one on the, on the list of people that were named besides Jonathan Taylor to go over 1,000 rush yards yeah. last season. He had 1,070 rush yards. He also had – seven rushing touchdowns, three receiving touchdowns, and 344 receiving yards. So, like, did they have to draft somebody? No. no. Did they? Yes. Is that kid going to be running back number one? Probably. But, like, are they not high on James Robinson? I don't understand. Like, look at those stats. So, yeah. I definitely feel as though he deserved to make this list. Absolutely. All right. Let's get on over to the wide receivers. We have a lot of really good names. So NFL.com listed Pittsburgh's Chase Claypool, Cincinnati's T. Higgins, the Rams' Van Jefferson, Denver's Jerry Judy, Dallas's CeeDee Lamb, Las Vegas's Henry Ruggs III, and Jacksonville's LaVisca Chenault Jr. Let's go to number – we have seven of them. Let's go to number seven. All right, so I am rounding out this list, ending this list with the Rams, then Jefferson. It's just. Yeah, I thought that was an easy one. It was almost kind of like I wondered why he felt the need to add a seventh person into yeah. this list. Like, why? Because I even think my backup person, and I, I'll explain it later because it actually ties to a point you made with the running backs. It, could have. I think so, my yeah. backup, I think my backup person, my honorable mention, a hundred percent deserves to be on this list. Not over Van Jefferson, if not some of these others. Van Jefferson, if you like read the NFL.com article, it it openly states 
that he's fighting to be wide receiver three on the roster. Yeah. So to me, I think the reason why he made this list is because I think the Rams, and, and this is going off of like hard knocks too, when we saw them last year, like they're very big on Van Jefferson. Like they really like want to see him play out. Right. And so I think like you hear that name and people have expectations, but he didn't actually do anything his rookie year, which is maybe why he's on this list. Is he going to have a breakout year too? But there are just, he, he's last on this list easily. All right, let's move to number six. Who do you have? Number six, I am going with. Oh no, I'm going to. Lavisca Chenault Jr. There you go. Thank you. That is who it is. Thank you. Are I'm you just sure? bad at names, guys. No, no, that's listen, girl. That is a mouthful, and I agree with you. I have him at the sixth spot as well. Um, he did have 600 receiving yards and five touchdowns last season. Uh, you know, this is no knock on him. He's not fighting to be wide receiver number three. He basically is wide receiver number three in yeah. Jacksonville behind DJ Chark and Marvin Jones. And honestly, like that trio could quietly maybe be kind of nice for Trevor Lawrence. So we're going to see how they um, pan out and how they play. I know you, uh, you and Jeff both talked about Marvin Jones last yep. week. You guys were big on him as a, as a sleeper for fantasy football. But, um, yeah, I agree with you. This is where LaVisca falls on the list. Okay, number five, who do we have? I just got to tell you, the, the, the five crew, these next five players, this was a very interesting selection for me, yeah. all five players. Um, and I think, you know, everyone, obviously, you already read the lineup to everyone. This was um, – I could actually go in right now and probably re rework yeah. it if I needed to. Yeah. Um, but with five, I did go with uh, Henry Ruggs of the Las Vegas Raiders. Girl, we are matching up. I also, we also I also went with Henry Ruggs. He had a quieter rookie season than expected. Right. Um, but he should – you know, this season he, he should be wide receiver number one in Las Vegas. And I do believe that – expectations are, are going to be met in year two. I think he's definitely going to have a much better season his sophomore year. All right. Number four. I'm going with Cincinnati's T Higgins. Are we match again? <laughs> I have a feeling it's going to, it might be like you said, like this is so interchangeable. I really and believe that. Yeah. Um, but I have T Higgins as well. He had 908 receiving yards last year, six touchdowns. He's now, of course, getting Joe Burrow back at quarterback. A.J. Green is gone. What does that mean for him? He should only put up bigger numbers this upcoming season. All right, number three. I'm going with Dallas's C.D. Lamb. Ah, this is where we leave each we other. We did, yeah. And I would listen, definitely, you know, he – I think a lot of it has to just tie back to last season um, and, you know, and compared to, you know, the other two guys on the list. Um, I just, yeah. And as much as like, I, I think it could be a, a scenario where, you know, while last season numbers weren't, you know, bad or, you know, maybe they weren't bad or they weren't extraordinary, holy shit, like best player ever. Um, I just, you know, 
I, I know he's going to do great things this season and it bothers, <laughs> bothers me. Um, and obviously, you know, last week talking all things fantasy with Jeff Pratt, you know, that was his, like, that was his breakout sophomore yeah. um, player. So aside from obviously he wanted Cam Akers as all, all we all did. Um, but CD lamb was the, you know, second obvious choice for him. And I totally get it. Um, just for me, I guess, compared to these other guys, I do just slot him at number three. All right. Number three, I'm going with Denver's Jerry Judy. So he didn't have a bad rookie season, but I did expect more from him. But I think he does fully live up to the hype in year two. Actually, in 2020, I didn't know this stat until I, I read it in the article. He had the second most drops by a wide receiver, like in the whole league in 2020. Um, but reports from camp suggest that he's playing much better. And I think he's he's I think everybody can agree he's only going up Jerry yeah. judy. all right number two on your list who do you got that's actually where jerry judy comes into to play with me here under uh, number two okay all right i went with pittsburgh's Ch uh chase claypool he had the most receiving touchdowns on this list with nine he also had 100 uh, 873 receiving yards um, obviously he's going to be playing alongside Juju, who I think, you know, is still probably wide receiver number one, but by the end of this upcoming season, that could be Chase's spot. So he is a very bright young player and it's going to be, he, I think he's gonna be really fun to watch. He's a deep ball guy. He, he puts up big numbers. He, he's a fun one. So, all right. Number one on your list. For many of the things that you just said, I do have Claypool at number one, uh, based off of his stats, touchdown-wise, receiving yards-wise last year. But also, I have to play devil's advocate with you and that I don't agree that Juju is the number one wide receiver okay. this year. And it's not even near the end of the season. I think we go into the season, you know, with Claypool, you know, front and center, and he's doing a lot of work. We've said this about Juju time after time. He never fully embraced that wide receiver one role. Was you are he very right You're on very paper? Cool. Was he WR one? Yes. Did we ever? So when you looked up the roster, when you looked up the depth chart, was Juju wide receiver one? Yes, but we never actually saw it on the field. He did so many better things when he was WR two, WR three, potentially. We never actually saw that true wide receiver one come out of him. So that's where I see this kind of dynamic shift. And I do see Claypool with that as what he put up as with his rookie numbers. So that is why I slotted him at number one. That is a very solid point. And with that, my number one is Dallas's CD Lamb. Um, I think, I think, looking at this list, that he arguably had the best year for uh, rookie wide receivers last year. And he did that without Dak Prescott. He did that with yeah. Andy Dalton. Um, I expect year two to be huge. Like you said, we talked about it with Jeff Pratt last week on our fantasy football episode. Um, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a good, good year for CD lamb. I, I truly believe so I'm very passionate. This could almost be my get it off my chest about my honorable mention. Cause I don't understand the snub here, but I want to hear you first. Who do you have that you are adding to this list? Well, I like thought it was like funny when I just like read the list and like, I obviously like, there's clearly a huge name missing here. Wait, wait, but wait, can you make a quick note. 
The yeah. article says that they left out Justin. Just, yeah, so because he broke out in his rookie season. I know, but I think a lot of these players did do great things. No, but they specifically know at the end of the article, don't think we forgot about him. I know. But he blew these guys out of the water. I know. And it's funny. And I, I did like as a joke, like right on my piece of paper, like Justin Jefferson question mark, even though I knew that was a thing. But I'm actually, listen, and this goes back to, I said I was going to mention what you had mentioned with the running backs around being an, a third you know, potentially a third running back kind of fighting. Um, I'm taking it back to Buffalo and I'm going with Gabriel Davis, wide receiver out of Buffalo. He is technically right now wide receiver three, but in his rookie season, he did, you know, put up, I think he did actually put up better numbers. That's why I brought this up before than Van Jefferson. He was hit with a little bit of an injury bug, but we actually did see like you had brought up before um, earlier in the show that a lot of these guys on this list, just entering their rookie, he, uh, excuse me, sophomore season did get hit with an injury bug last year, 17 games on top of it. But listen, a lot of the things around Gabriel Davis is that, listen, he is taking the next step. According to Stefan Diggs, he's the next guy. He acts like a pro within camp with all of these guys. Like he's been there before. So there's a lot going on around him. And again, he might be the third guy out in Buffalo, but in my opinion, he could fight to be on this list. Listen, if you're the third guy in Buffalo, Josh Allen is slinging it, okay? Josh Allen is racking up a ton of yards. means that your stats at wide receiver number three probably to be a lot better than wide receiver number two on other teams. So true. not a bad place to be and not a bad quarterback to be with. Um, mine is a guy who, just as I'm thinking about it now, could even be like a deep sleeper in fantasy football. But in reality football, like I really think he was – completely overlooked on this list. I'm going with San Fran's Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Um, he was a very early draft pick for them last year. I believe he was a first round draft pick. Um, he had 748 receiving yards and seven total touchdowns last year. And he's also been reportedly playing very well at camp. Uh, and I know the 748 yards and seven touchdowns. I know that those stats beat a lot of guys on this list. Debo is the guy in San Fran. He's wide receiver right. number one. And I feel very solid that Brandon Ayuk is wide receiver number two. So what are you going to get with a clear cut wide receiver number one? Double teamed. What does that get for Ayuk? Now he's the guy that's open. Right. So mm -hmm. I think this is going to be a very big season for this sophomore wide receiver. Love it. All right. Fun game. Fun game. It was a good one. Love to talk about the youngins. And it's yeah. good for fantasy football, too, honestly. Like, I know yeah. we said we're going to give you fantasy football talk, and I feel like we were trying to incorporate that as well. Yeah. So pay attention to what we're saying, people. Listen to what we're saying. <laughs> All righty. Well, is that time of the episode to get it off your chest? Positive, negative, football, housewives, wine, life, anything. So what do you got for us? Get it off your chest. Oh, this is one of those weeks where nothing I'm like crazy, crazy passionate about positive or negative. Like I'll just it say, happens. yeah, I'm down for pumpkin beers. And if somebody like sees them in, in New Jersey, in our area, whatever store is there, let me know. Cause they gotta I'm be at cool the weekends. Like we got that question at the beginning of the show. And I was like, well, shit, like they're right. Like pumpkin beers are probably coming and I'm ready. I am ready. This girl is ready. So I know a lot of people get really like bummed 
um, when summer ends and summer is my favorite season, but fall is a very close second for me. So I, I am one of those people where like, when we do get to August, like I'm not horribly sad about summer ending because I know all the good things that are coming. And so, yeah, I'll go with that. Like I'm going to enjoy like these final weeks of summer. It's, it's been a good summer, but fall baby football pumpkin beers like i said before our birthdays halloween like i i'm ready i'm ready for spooky season baby spooky season i've been i'm oh it's always spooky season inside of my mind all right so mine is just a quick (laughs) quick overview of a very very dramatic experience that happened at giants camp this week but you love you love to see it even though quote unquote we did not see it so there was a huge fight at giants camp um earlier in the week it was yesterday actually um i thought it was i don't know why to me it's wednesday to me it feels like it's already the end of the week like it it seems like monday was 30 years ago to me (laughs) so apparently uh corey clement goes on a big run and he gets blindsided from a tackle Logan Ryan levels Evan Ingram, which makes me laugh out loud. Like, good and keep doing that. And then Daniel Jones is at the bottom of this pileup that's going on. Everything that's got whatever. So a lot, just a couple of takeaways here. So clearly there was a lot of frustration in the moment. You have Logan Ryan hit Evan Ingram late. I think that's when Daniel Jones decided to step in. Then there's a big scuffle. He ends up at the bottom of it. I don't know how. There's so many funny tweets out there of kind of what it would potentially look like of him being at the bottom. Um, There are rumors or statements out there that Nick Gates actually shoved his way in and pulled Daniel Jones out. That's lineman. They don't call him nasty Nick Gates for nothing. But that's the lineman relationship I want to see with my quarterback. So if he's going in and saving his life, I absolutely adore that. Um, so listen, big scuffle. Um, and I think the most interesting part about it is once that, you know, people were taken away things like that, uh, Joe Judge actually told all of the other coaches to walk away, go on your own. And he just yelled at the team for like 15 minutes. Uh, A lot of, a lot of cuss words, apparently, um, all of the team, you know, he's famous for taking laps Everyone was taking laps. They were doing push-ups. They were sprinting all while he was just yelling at them for a very long period of time. Um, I did like, though, you know, uh, one of the reporters, um, and I'm blanking on who it was, did bring up a scenario about three seasons, four seasons ago. Something like this did happen in Giants camp uh, where a rookie and a veteran did go after each other. um, And nothing happened and it was one of the worst seasons in giants history because not we didn't i won't i won't say we ever lost the locker room i don't think that ever happened but it just didn't matter and for joe judge to take this incident while on twitter it seems like it was a very intense situation he really took it to heart and took it to you know this is bullshit we're not doing this again yes of course tiffs happen but not tiffs where your quarterback ends up in the bottom. hell no let's not let that <laughs> the happen. bottom of the brawl um and things like that so a lot of the guys you know were interviewed afterwards you know they have to you know the media talks to them i loved 
all of their statements after practice, though, because while they did they address the fight and the yellings from Joe Judge, they did also just tie back to that they love playing for him. They love playing for New York and that we as a fan base have been let down far too long and it's time for things to change. That was the resonating you know, message across all the players that were interviewed in regards to this scuffle that well, happened. It, it, it I love shows it. that they have emotion about this game. Yep. It shows that they care. Yep. If they didn't care that like, and we've, we've seen, I watch hard knocks every single season. There's always a hundred percent. Every single season, there is a fight. There's right. usually more than one fight. Um, but I think it shows that people care. And I right. think, like you said, like a lineman going and grabbing Daniel Jones. You know, I think these players really care about Daniel Jones. I think Daniel Jones has a really good relationship with the players on this team. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I also do believe that they buy into Joe Judge. I buy into Joe Judge. I know you do. I know a lot of us are really excited about him. And I think they – like playing for each other and like playing for him. And listen, yeah. that's that's all you can really ask for, you know? So Absolutely. I'm okay with it. It happens. It happens in every single camp. Let's not ever let it happen again where Daniel is even even close to this mix, okay? But I also do oh, love, too, that he he ran to oh it. And he said in his comment, was like, that's my team. Like, I and he, I, I, I know, I'm not saying go get into a fight, Daniel, but he – he felt like he was needed, so he, he ran towards danger. I know that little—that sweet little soul of his. <laughs> He's just trying to solve all the problems. So. Oh, Daniel, we love you. We love you. Yeah, we do. All right. Well, honestly, great show, and we have. Oh my God, I have so many things, exciting things to finally give you. Things that you got to watch this week, and things that are coming up right around the corner. Real Houses of Beverly Hills, that was on tonight at 8 o'clock, um, still going on now. You can catch it on demand. Some people might have TVs where you can restart it. Um, Real Houses of Potomac it is on Sunday at 8 p.m. and Roni on Tuesday at 9. Now, this is where things get exciting, people, okay? Oh, yeah. NFL preseason Hall of Fame game, the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Dallas Cowboys on tomorrow night at 8 p.m. on Fox. People who poo-poo preseason, you can't even tell me that you're just not excited to put football on your television. Yeah, come on. It's a Thursday night. Like, what else are you doing? What are you doing? You're not um, doing anything. So we've got that tomorrow. That's officially the first preseason game of the year. But NFL, like, preseason week one, like the rest of the games, that is eight days away. Now, we also have HBO's Hard Knocks is six days away, which is crazy, but honestly, like, makes sense because you're getting, with Dallas playing in this game tomorrow, you're getting the footage from this right. game. Um, and then NFL Networks, we brought this up uh, last week, but just continuing the countdown. NFL Networks top 100 players, uh, that list is going to be airing in 11 days. So, oh my God, people, like in these it's next coming. weeks, we have a lot of really good football stuff going on. So get ready, everybody. And again, we're going to keep like really hard giving these fantasy football stuff, like going into these next couple weeks because we know you guys are getting ready for your drafts, and, and so are we, and we are ready. We are set. We are pumped. Woo! And that's the show. And that is it. We will and catch you guys. It. That's it. <laughs> and that's it. That's all you get. That's all you get from yeah. us. But yes, and good night. Good night, everybody.